This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by HelloFresh and by Fields. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. More than a half century after this country's most notorious string of unsolved serial murders, the Zodiac Killer has finally been identified. Oh? Or at least that's the impression that you might get looking at all the various news headlines about this that came out earlier this week. But what's actually going on here? Who the hell is Gary F. Post? And why are so many people now convinced that he committed the five confirmed Zodiac murders in Northern California in the late 1960s and potentially many, many more? I like the idea of Ted Cruz watching this video and then like you get to that part and he's like, oh, whew. Who exonerated? <laughs> Finally, Ted, you did it. So yeah, but why why is everyone like excited about this? Well, I, so there's certainly at least a few reasons to place this guy on the extremely long list of potential Zodiac suspects, but saying he's the Zodiac killer is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, uh, the theory that Gary F. Post, who died in 2018 at 80 years old, by the way, was the Zodiac, comes to us via a group called the Case Breakers, uh, made up of former police and military investigators who issued a press release this week outlining their findings. And just looking at the press release and not the various news articles written about it, there really isn't anything you can consider ironclad evidence here. No. But there's a small amount of circumstantial evidence tying uh, Gary F. Post to the 1966 murder of Sherry Joe Bates in Riverside, California. A wristwatch found at the scene of the murder had some paint splatter on it and may have been purchased at a military base. And Gary Post was an Air Force veteran who painted houses for a living. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Also, actually, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. We got him. People love solving crimes. They do. And oh, look, this is important. Important detail here. The yeah. murder of Sherry Joe Bates remains unsolved, but it's also never officially been linked to the Zodiac murders. I mean, there's definitely evidence linking them uh, and a lot of Zodiac heads. They have differing opinions on it. But, yeah, uh, and there's also, like, you have to understand that uh, a lot of the times, especially back then, there would be copycat killings. People take for granted just how many fucking serial killers there were in, like, the, the 70s, six, the 60s and yeah. 70s, especially in California for some reason. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there is evidence linking the, the Bates murder to the rest of the Zodiac murders, including a letter to the L.A. Times supposedly from the Zodiac in which he claims to have committed a murder in Riverside. But the Riverside PD, they've been trying to solve this case for 55 years, and at this point they insist that it wasn't actually a Zodiac murder. It, I mean, it still could be. But right off the bat, the case breakers, they're basing this new Zodiac killer ID off of evidence from a murder that even a lot of Zodiac case experts don't think he was involved in. So not the best jumping off point. Yeah, the case breakers say they have evidence linking the Zodiac to the Bates murder, though. A typed confession mailed to a Riverside newspaper after the Bates murder, seemingly written by the murderer, features similar language to handwritten letters sent by the Zodiac killer to the San Francisco Chronicle. Both letters use the phrases, I shall, and the game, and the words twitch and squirm, but with twitch misspelled the same way. Again, maybe something, but really not all that solid in terms of evidence. Yeah, it's just a couple little words We're not talking phrases. Robert Durst level of yeah. handwriting uh, analysis here. Yeah, it's, uh, this is really, I mean, you go looking for connections. I mean, David Fincher made a great movie about how this shit will drive you actually insane, mm -hmm. just looking for patterns, trying to solve the Zodiac case, and... Yeah. Uh, a lot of this is starting to look like that. It's like, don't you see? He misspelled Twitch the same way. All right. Yeah. He said, I shall instead of I will. Only two, only one person would ever talk like that. <sighs> uh, anyway, the rest of the case breakers evidence seems to be based on people who knew Gary F. Post 
who believed he, that he was the Zodiac Killer, which that's pretty compelling until you remember that there has been a kind of crazy amount of people over the years who have just sworn up and down that friends or relatives of theirs must have been the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. They can't all be. In most of these cases, what's more likely is that the person that they suspect of being the Zodiac Killer was simply a weird sociopathic piece of shit. And that seems like it may be the case here. Yeah, the press release is kind of hard to follow, but it sounds like Gary F. Post supposedly had some sort of violent criminal posse of younger men that he took under his wing and indoctrinated in some way. One guy who claims to have been a former member of this posse told the casebreakers that Post enjoyed killing and mutilating wild animals and saw Post burying murder weapons. Post's former daughter-in-law claims that when she broke up with Post's son, the posse harassed and threatened her until she moved out of state. These would certainly indicate that Gary F. Post was a sick bastard and a real piece of shit, but there's plenty of bad people out there and only one Zodiac. Or is there? Sounds like these codebreakers are just like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Uh, We're getting a lot of leads. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of leads, and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to milk these leads for all they're worth. Yeah. Uh, Finally, though, the casebreakers submit as evidence the fact that Gary F. Post had scars on his forehead from a car accident that kind of look like the lines on the forehead of the Zodiac Killer in that famous police sketch. So there you Look go. Look at me, I'm the Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> he laughs a lot, he's got wrinkles. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah. Uh, they also say they found a, a selfie that Post took of himself in the hooded costume that the Zodiac wore during the okay. 1969 Lake Berryessa attack, which left one survivor. That's pretty huge, except selfie is a big stretch here. It's, it's a photo of a silhouette on the wall that kind of resembles like the general shape of the Zodiac hood. It might not even be a silhouette. It could just be like a water stain. So, but they're yeah. like, yes, this is, he has a selfie of himself in the costume. Not so much. Ladies and gentlemen, lock him up. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's dead? Oh, he's dead. Well, dig him up and lock him up. Yes. Uh, they also claim that uh, using Gary F. Post's name is the key to solving several of the Zodiac's ciphers. Okay. That would be pretty big, but they haven't actually provided any evidence of that, which is strange. <laughs> Last year, you had those people actually, like, cracking one of the ciphers after years of doing it, and the FBI immediately was like, oh, yeah, you did it. Thanks. Good job. Yes. Uh, not the, the the response from law enforcement on this one. Not so, uh, not so optimistic. Yeah. Uh, also, the people who actually did conclude, yeah, they solved, <laughs> the people who solved that cipher last year when reached out to by, like, the San Francisco Chronicle and other media outlets, they're like, yeah, no, uh, we having solved having solved a Zodiac cipher myself um, doesn't sound believable what they're claiming to have hey, done. Hey, Codebreaker, stick to the Daily Jumble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but probably, probably the funniest example of evidence in this press release is another person who was Post's neighbor when she was a child and says he treated his wife like shit. Uh, she says that she recently called up Post's wife, who told her, quote, I'm sorry that I didn't tell the cops about his Zodiac past. Oh, my God. Zodiac's the key word here, and it's inserted using brackets. So, in other words, Post's wife actually didn't fucking say that. Uh, If she did say her husband was the Zodiac, there would hopefully be a better quote about it than that. (laughs) I'm back on my bullshit. I'm back on my Zodiac bullshit. Yeah, yeah, He said it. Well, he didn't didn't say Zodiac, but, you know. You would assume some follow-up interviews with (laughs) numerous outlets and police. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, my husband was the Zodiac, and I knew the entire time. Yep. Oh, couldn't you answer some more questions for us? No. No, no. I, I'm going to talk to these... Uh, Code breakers. These uh, case, case breakers over Case here. breakers, sorry. You'll, you'll hear from them soon enough in a hideous PDF Yeah. that uh, I'm sure they had trouble downloading and opening. How do I open PDF? <laughs> anyway, the reason that the case breakers issued this press release seems to be just because they recently tried unsuccessfully 
to get the Riverside PD to test Gary Post's DNA against DNA samples from the Bates murder. So they just went to the media to try and apply some pressure that way. And it seems like it works, or at least the first part did. They got their attention. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, the Riverside PD probably should go ahead and check on that, if it's even possible. I mean, I don't know much about testing DNA, but we're talking, like, you know... Really tiny, tiny, yeah. like... Decades ago and bad samples. Yeah, like, yeah. DNA wasn't a thing anyone even knew about. Until when, OJ came along. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, at the time that this murder happened, uh, Watson and Crick were down the lab doing LSD, discovering the existence of DNA. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it could just be that they can't test it, but I don't know if they can. Yeah, they should. That's how, that's how uh, the Golden State Killer got found, right? At the end? That was through genealogy. Oh, yeah, because someone had submitted theirs for, like, one of those ancestry things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even if Gary Post isn't the base murderer or, and or the Zodiac Killer, they should test this guy's DNA because he does yeah. sound like a weird, dangerous piece of shit. He, you know, sounds like the kind of person with DNA that may be linked to some unsolved Yeah, if, even if it's not the Zodiac Killer, you could potentially solve some cold cases uh, here. Again, there was a lot of fucking uh, unsolved, weird murders in California in the 60s and 70s. And yeah. uh, just because someone seems like they might have killed someone, but they're not the Zodiac, doesn't mean they didn't kill someone else. Yeah, and it would, be, you know, so, potentially solve some cases. Yeah. That aren't as, uh, you know, don't have the notoriety of the Zodiac case, but are still very important. Yeah, they should do that. Yeah. And what's funnier is uh, after this press release went out, uh, random people on the internet, they managed to find some potentially uh, more uh, potentially compelling evidence uh, almost immediately. Yeah, way way more compelling than anything these case breakers did. Uh, there's several old forum posts from 2017 and 2018 where multiple accounts suggest Gary Francis post as the identity of the Zodiac. Well, one of those old posts was uh, by a user named Glenn Barnes. And over on Facebook, people found a Glenn Barnes who was in fact friends with Gary Post and made Facebook posts like this one featuring photos of himself and Gary Post. My last visit with the old man, Gary Post. Zodiac? God dang, I miss you, old man. What the fuck? <laughs> it's me and the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, I mean, this is fucking wild. There, He admit it. Yeah. And he's also good buds with the Zodiac, I guess. This is my friend. He's a Zodiac. He's famous. I miss, I miss my friend, the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. He might have been nasty to a couple people, but he was really nice to me. Yeah. So, I mean, look, to, to my eyes, this looks like probably just a, a little inside joke between friends. Like, I, yeah. This is my buddy, the Zodiac Killer. Like, it would be kind of weird to know that your friend <laughs> was the Zodiac and then still happily spend time with them and take pictures of them and then also just casually spill his lifelong secret on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stranger things have happened on the Internet. It just seems... The the more likely option here is that they had a, a running joke between them. It's just like, like a capital rider. Zodiac. Here I am with the Zodiac Killer. He's yeah. my friend. Yeah, I mean that's that's why we don't have serial killers as much anymore. Is because uh, people are. It's a lot easier for people to self-report these days, so they they avoid it. Yeah. 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 But hey, look, it, as we've seen over the past four weeks now, people can disappear after committing murders. They can. Allegedly. It's still possible. Yeah. Even with the dog on their trail? The the trick is to feed yourself to alligators. They'll <laughs> never find you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, there's a lot here and also not a lot here. Yeah. Everything is circumstantial. And again, there's been dozens of other suspects over the years with enough circumstantial evidence to make them a suspect. So to see how this theory really stacks up, it's good to ask people who have been obsessed 
with this case for decades and what they think. And so far, the response from Zodiac Obsessives has been mm, lukewarm or just flat-out hostile. Rolling Stone reached out to Tom Voigt, who has been investigating the case for a very long time, including writing a book about it and running ZodiacKiller.com for 23 years. And he doesn't think very highly of this new theory. Yeah, so asked for his take, Voigt told Rolling Stone, Yeah, I've got about a million people on my website right now. It's all bullshit, by the way, just to get that out of the way. This is hot garbage. I don't know why it got any coverage at all. It was basically a press release. Uh, he also said the following about the whole forehead scars evidence thing. No witness ever described lines on Zodiac's forehead. Those lines were simply added by the sketch artist to fill in the sketch. The amended sketch, which is supposed to look more like Zodiac, according to witnesses, doesn't really even have any lines. So they got rid of them. So because the witnesses were like, we're not really happy with that sketch that we gave you a few days ago, they got changed. The lines went away. No witness ever described that. I wouldn't even call him a suspect. I don't think he checks any boxes whatsoever. In fact, if he does have scars on his forehead, that's a really fucking good reason to rule him out. I And yeah, that's <laughs> true. I mean, if... if if he had clearly identified marks... Yeah, that would marks, be the first thing that the the people, the witnesses would say. Like, yeah, yeah. he had some crazy fucking scars in, on his face. In the drawing, it's just like, yeah, uh, let me fill this space in with some wrinkles that everyone has yeah, in their like, forehead. How, how old do you look? I don't know, like 40? Okay, oh, okay, so, yeah, he's got wrinkles here, and there you go. <laughs> he had lines on his forehead, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tom Void obviously has his own biases, though, as does anyone who has invested a lot of time into studying this case. Maybe they're just Joes yeah. about the case break. No, it's my, my theory is correct. Uh, similarly, over on Reddit's Zodiac Killer Forum, seemingly none of its user base finds this latest theory cre- uh, credible at all. Uh, the Case Breakers group also doesn't have the best reputation in the larger community of unsolved cases after previously claiming to have identified D.B. Cooper and having their theories largely rejected. Also kind of ruining an old man's life. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I think he he may be dead now, but he like lost his business. Like His reputation was just ruined over this D.B. Cooper thing. Mm-hmm. And I think he tried to sue them. And uh, yeah, not a very compelling case. So despite what you might have heard, the Zodiac Killer has not, in fact, been identified. And we can still go on assuming that Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. Somehow. Uh, It's just another theory to add to the pile. The desire to get to the bottom of this case that has remained unsolved for so long, it's totally understandable. Like we said, people are addicted to true crime. Yeah. And everyone now is going back and trying to solve cases that maybe someone missed something. Yeah, it sucks not knowing. It's uh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But uh, I, I can say with uh, all the dedication that uh, you probably don't have to worry about the Zodiac Killer anymore, whoever it was. Yeah, this person is almost certainly dead or, like, infirmed. Yes. They would be very, very old right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like how we don't know who Jack the Ripper was. And it, that does that, that, that's very annoying. I wish we did, but Jack the Ripper's not going to get you. No. So... You know it will. Diabetes. Diabetes is going to get you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know the identity of, diabetes. of that killer. Mm-hmm. His name is Tommy Sugarfoot. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on now from Zodiac Killer theories to philosophical theory. Mm. YouTube has definitely shown us that there were, there's really not any limits to media analysis. Just think of any popular TV show or movie, uh, no matter how juvenile or uh, really not that deep-seeming, and someone out there has made an hour-long deep-dive analysis video about it. Check out my six-part series on Hubie Halloween. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, now that sort of thing has crossed over into academia with two PhD students hosting an upcoming philosophy symposium about the boss baby. I don't get this. It's so weird that this is a huge thing. Like, Shrek I get, Minions I get, but, like, the obsession about boss baby is just so strange. I haven't seen the boss baby, have you? 
No, but it's just a baby that's a boss. Uh, it sounds like there might be more to it than that. Does he smoke a big cigar? No, I don't think so. They, mm. don't, they don't let babies smoke in movies anymore. <laughs> It's a real shame, damn cancel culture. But uh, yeah, Boss Baby, of course, is uh, a 2017 animated DreamWorks children's movie starring Alec Baldwin as the titular Boss Baby. And it's also spawned a, a sequel and a TV show. There's a whole Boss Baby universe? It's a Boss Baby franchise, baby. Mm. Well, yeah, we haven't seen the Boss Baby. Sorry, but here's the official synopsis so that you're all aware. A new baby's arrival impacts a family told from the point of view of a delightfully unreliable narrator, a wildly imaginative seven-year-old named Tim. The most unusual boss baby, Alec Baldwin, arrives at Tim's home in a taxi, wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase. The instant sibling rivalry must soon be put aside when Tim discovers that Boss Baby is actually a spy on a secret mission. And only he can help thwart a dastardly plot that involves an epic battle between puppies and babies. Gotta see this movie. Yeah, it sounds... There's a lot more to it than I would have guessed. Uh, Sure, I guess. It's a talking baby movie, but there's, like, subterfuge. There's, uh an evil plot by puppies to take down babies? I don't know. Sounds interesting. But yeah. also, yeah, it doesn't seem like the type of thing that's all that ripe for deep analysis. But the organizers of the first and potentially maybe last, maybe last uh, ba- Boss Baby Symposium, they disagree from their event page. The Boss Baby Symposium welcomes virtual presentations that engage in interdisciplinary analysis, interpretation, and critique of the original Boss Baby movie starring Alec Baldwin. We seek to inspire multifaceted discussion of Boss Baby from a number of viewpoints, emphasizing the many fascinating and diverse intersections between Boss Baby and issues of personal interest. Topics may include, but are not limited to, politics, meta-analysis, art and affectivity, theories and commentary, metaphysics, issues of aging and child development, culture, and religion. Presentations should fall between 10 and 15 minutes in length. The presenter should be prepared to engage in a panel-style discussion of the material following their presentation. We're going to have a Q&A after this, and you better be prepared to answer any questions I might have about your meta-analysis yeah. of the Boss Baby film. I did see, like, because there's a sequel, right? Yeah. And yeah, I saw someone, they had made, like, a uh, full-sized, you know, person-in-a-suit Boss Baby it's so like a five-foot-tall boss baby, and it was like kind of horrifying looking. I know in the second one, our, the trailer, like the second boss baby takes place 30 years later. The, the adult boss baby? The boss baby is now a, a boss grown man, Yeah, but he takes a special potion to like babify him oh again. My God. He gets turned back into a baby because he gets called back for like one more job. One final job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, AV Club spoke to Jamie McCaffrey of the University of Kentucky and Tor Lavender of Fordham University, who are behind the symposium, about why they're doing this. Uh, McCaffrey told him, I really love interpretive nightmares, and I think that Boss Baby is so in conflict with itself. It's messaging, the way it tries to convey ideas. You almost can't discern what the position of the movie is. And all the artistic decisions in the movie seem to be conflict with each other in such a way that as a viewer, you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel, and therefore I must analyze. Making me kind of want to watch The Boss Baby. Yeah, but also I don't think... It, I, I could be wrong, but I just don't think it's that deep. I think it's just lazy. Well, but that's the thing. Even bad art is art. Even, even lazy art. It's like, like there's so much more to analyze about the movie The Room than what's yeah. uh, you know on the screen and on the, the script page. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it. So it sounds like... I feel like it's just here. harder to do that, though, with animated films because everything is on purpose yes but like i think what they're saying is that like then again shrek has had years of like overanalyzation. yeah some of it actually quite good shrek fest 
Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like people have theories about like what Shrek is truly about. Yeah. And and relationships between the characters and stuff that like might not have even been intentional in the first place, or they didn't even think deeper than like the level that they were forced to to just make the movie yeah. appear. It's 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 worthy of analysis and critique. I might have to watch this boss baby. <laughs> it's kind of selling me on it. Yeah. Um, uh, Lavender, the other guy, said of the Boss Baby, quote, It is not an artful masterpiece, but it contains within it so many weird things that are so worthy of analysis. There's definitely some classic Marxist analysis that you could put into looking at the whole process of Baby Corp that is tied to natality in a super direct way. That's really weird. And then the opposing corporation of Puppy Corp that wants to seemingly eradicate the need to ever reproduce. So there's definitely feminist analysis that you could be putting onto Boss Baby. It goes on and on from the way that you want to end up approaching it. These guys, look, I think weed's fine. But I think these, I think people smoked a little too much weed and, and are overanalyzing the movie. Boss, movie. boss Baby movies just for babies? That's what they want you to think. There's, uh, who, yeah, that's the thing. Is, who is this movie even for? Because it's obviously not for babies. It's for, like, preteens, right? I would assume. No, it's for, well, it's not for babies. It's for kids. You know, like any DreamWorks movie. It's for kids, like, ages three to But, like, you have to also 11. be interested in, like, business. <laughs> I mean. It's not like How to Train Your Dragon, where it's, like, there's dragons and, and fights and stuff. I mean, it's, like, all children's media is done in a way where it's, like, designed to entertain small children who are fucking stupid, but also be, like, smart enough that. Older people can watch it, and it's not. It's like that Baby Geniuses that came out in our era. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Except animated. Yeah, but... Uh, or like Look Who's Talking, where it's like, these babies got so many problems, we didn't even know about it. Like, someone had to sit down and write The Boss Baby and, like, make decisions about the plot, and there's... Uh, yeah, it's it's a piece of media that is worthy of analysis at, a, at this Boss Baby Symposium. I, I guess so. I mean, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we very much look forward to what comes out of the first Boss Baby Symposium in January because it sounds like there's a lot to analyze. Uh, also, like in perfect timing, this is aligned almost directly with CES. So, like the entire tech world is going to be in Las Vegas. Yeah. It, it, it literally is like a prequel to C CES. Well, they it says it's a, in Las Vegas, but that's apparently a meta joke for all the Boss Baby heads out there. Oh, really? Uh, it's it's just going to be a virtual. Uh, it's going to be done over Zoom, I think. Well, that sucks. Someone should jump in Vegas because there's going to be a lot of CES dorks there that would really appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here for CES. I'm here to hear about the Boss Baby. Yeah. I've got my Boss Baby lanyard, and I'm ready to go. So if it's virtual, we can watch it. Yeah, I that's hope great. so. Mm. Anyways, that's, uh, yeah, speaking of recent media that's very worthy of continued analysis, uh, for some reason, the Cats movie is back in the news. God damn it. The Cats movie, the thing that started this entire pandemic. It really did. Yeah. It oh. seems so long ago now because it was. Yeah, that was the last movie that a lot of people saw before the world ended. It will have been two years in, uh, in two months. Yeah. Whew. Um, turns out Andrew Lloyd Webber, the Broadway legend behind the original Cats Broadway show, felt the same way about the Cats movie as pretty much everyone else. He was horrified and baffled by what he saw. And he wrote the damn thing. <laughs> Variety recently ran a long piece on Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, and the gradual return of live theater after COVID forced most of it to shut down. And uh, at the end of the piece, he gets, he gets right into just how much he hated Cats. Cats was off the scale all wrong, says Lloyd Webber. There wasn't really any understanding of why the music ticked at all. I saw it and I just thought, oh God, no. It was the first time in my 70 odd years on this planet that I went out and bought a dog. So the one good thing to come out of it 
is my little Havanese puppy. That puppy has been a constant companion of Lloyd Webber's during lockdown. They have grown so attached that he's even figured out a way to bring the dog to New York the next time he travels to the city. I wrote off and said I needed him with me at all times because I'm emotionally damaged and I must have this therapy dog, says Lloyd Webber. The airline wrote back and said, can you prove that you really need him? And I said, yes, just see what Hollywood did to my musical cats. Then the approval came back with a note saying, no doctor's report required. <laughs> Mr. Lloyd Webber, right this way. You can have bring as many dogs as you want after what they Isn't did Isn't like cats. just the base story of cats like demented anyway? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> They did, the movie Hollywood, Hollywood definitely did no favors to it, but yeah. it's also a at its core just a very strange yeah. Broadway music. Making all of the characters like CG anthropomorphic cats definitely made things crazier. But the original Cats musical was already batshit insane. Yes, the whole Jungle Cats like they have to ascending. Yeah, yeah, one of them has to like fucking die by the end of the night. Like the whole the whole thing. That's yeah. that's you, buddy, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Maybe you're just seeing your own work finally reflected back to you in a way where you can see it like everyone else saw it before. Oh, that's what I meant? Wow, I'm fucking weird. Oh, I wrote that, yeah. Yeah, hmm, pretty strange. fucking weird. I do need therapy. He, yes, does, he has Lillard. a very interesting career. Yeah, he's he's he, wrote some bangers. And he wrote a lot of his bangers he wrote when he was young. Yeah. Like 18. And well, like, as with most people. But like Cats was like Cats and then the one... Uh, Cats was later in his career, and then he he did one that was like the most dangerous Broadway show until the Spider-Man show. Yeah. Where uh, all of his performers were on roller skates the entire time. It was like Xanadu? It was about trains, I think. It was like basically cats, but they were uh, trains. trains. Great. And just literally I mean, choreographs like, roller skates. That's the thing is it's like it's hard to, when it's a different generation of talent, like, you know, you grew up and you're like, oh, Jimi Hendrix is an old person who's dead. But like all of these musicians that wrote some of the greatest albums of all time were all like in their late teens, early 20s when they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one like, okay, there's some exceptions of older people writing good shit. But like a lot of that is like it really peaks pretty young. Yeah. You see that a lot. So Lloyd Webber doing this in his younger years is not that wild to me. Yeah, Cats, he was, like, in his, I guess, 30s. He did, like... It was his LSD phase? Yeah, I think Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, he did, like, literally in high school. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, because you don't have a filter. You're just putting shit out there. It's like, you don't even give a fuck. There's no, like, walls built around you that are like, oh, this is kind of weird what I'm doing. It's just like, no, I'm going to be as weird as possible. I'm going to make a musical about Jesus. Yes. And Jesus' neighbor, Joseph, who had a sick coat. Yeah. Or wait, no, I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of Jesus Christ Superstar. All right. Joseph is another Bible one, though. That's the Old Testament. All right. I don't know. I don't remember. You'll correct me. Uh, anyways, we do have <laughs> headlines coming up. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals and calorie-smart choices to extra-special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy, with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh is also a great value. It's over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores with pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money on excess food that ends up going in the trash. Two quick and delicious recipes coming up next week that we're really looking forward to are the One Pan Santa Fe Pork Tacos Mm. and Meatballs with Bulgogi Sauce. Mmm! 
both of which are cooked and ready to eat in about a half an hour. Fast! Start having fun in the kitchen like we are by going to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird14 and using our code WeeklyWeird14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's up to 14 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird14 and using that code WeeklyWeird14. And this episode is sponsored by Feels. CBD isn't about what you feel, it's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. If you experience any of these things, Feels CBD is a safe and natural solution without any harmful side effects. Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, it's delivered directly to your door. A CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. We both use Feels to make sure we can get a good night's sleep and not feel groggy in the morning. Love their little mints. Yeah. Keep the mints on the bedside. and If I'm feeling a little too wired at the end of the night from editing or whatever, pop a mint, maybe yeah. do a drop. Good to go. Yeah, you can do both if you want. Yeah, double dip. <laughs> That's up to you. Yeah, so just place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Or if you need a dose of chill on the go, pop one of Feels' new CBD-infused mints for a clear-headed feeling with the bonus of having fresh breath. These mints are great. We love them, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important. Everyone's dose is different, so Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash weird, and you'll get 40% off your first three months with free shipping. That is F-E-A-L-S dot com slash weird to become a member and get 40% automatically taken off your first three months with free shipping. Feels.com slash weird. All right. Now time for the second half of the show, where we look at some funny headlines mm -hmm. from the last week or so, starting with Elijah Wood says a Lord of the Rings orc design was based on real-life orc Harvey Weinstein. Plausible. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was an open secret that this guy was a fucking piece of shit. So it yeah. wouldn't surprise me that someone would do, like, you know, not uh, too direct of a thing, but uh, something. Peter that... Jackson, so this, the story behind it is that Peter Jackson was originally supposed to make Lord of the Rings for Miramax. Mm. Um, and Harvey was difficult to work with, kept insisting that he had to tell the entire story in, one, yeah, in one movie. Yeah. And pro probably with a hard 90 minutes on it, because... Uh, Weinstein was always very domineering about like running times and shit. And so like after years of doing that, where also during that time, Harvey Weinstein was like, don't cast this girl. She's difficult. Don't cast yeah, her. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. basically blacklisting a bunch of actresses. Uh, like, fucking Peter Jackson finally takes it to a new line. They make the movies the way he wanted to. But after years of trying to make it work over with Harvey. So yeah, it, he apparently went, he, he made sure that one of the orcs, yeah. Looks uh, just like Harvey Weinstein, just to have a little bit of petty revenge. Gotta feel bad for those orcs. Yeah. Yeah. Police searching for man who allegedly took dirty diapers from Toronto daycare. Oof. Yeah, they got this guy on camera. He He's show, he's showing up at this daycare, like, multiple times a day, like, opening up the dumpster and just... You gotta go and it's fresh. Grabbing an armful. Oh. Grabbing an armful of wet ones, hot ones, and just taking them home and doing God knows what with them. I don't know. He's stealing baby shit. Boss baby shit. Yeah, maybe he's got a whole boss baby thing going on. Maybe he's, he's uh, I don't know how that would work, but. <laughs> this is fucking disgusting. Really gross, yeah. They should get a, a lock for these dumpsters. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Cricket's named as cause of mysterious Havana syndrome. Oh, God. Really? So, was it, was it the uh, cicadas all along? So, this is actually, this is a, 
a leaked document from two years ago where this organization in the U.S. government called Jason, that's like the nation's top scientists, they analyzed it and they're like, there's no evidence that any like microwave weapons are being used on anybody. Yeah. And they're like, it's probably this specific species of cricket that's found in Cuba that was like living in the walls of the embassy. But since that came out, People have you used know, the excuse. Yeah, there's you. Someone's just like, oh my god, I was uh, I was working overseas for the State Department. I got the Havana syndrome. Anyway, can I have disability? Like Congress is like, you got it. We can't this agree on jack shit. Havana we're gonna syndrome. we're gonna rubber stamp this fucking bill that makes anyone who gets Havana syndrome uh, just like have even better health care than they already do working for the U.S. government. Um, but yeah, there's no fucking evidence that this shit is real. It's hilarious that it gets discussed with such, like, serious tone in, like, the New York Times and shit. They're like, gosh, another another CIA employee came down with Havana syndrome while working in Europe. Mm-hmm. This is serious. There's, like, there's no fucking evidence of any of this. Also, they, can't they, they were within shit. one square mile of fentanyl, so... Yeah, but yeah. it's like, there's... <laughs> it is basically the State Department version yeah. of touching fentanyl. But, uh, yeah, like, there's, there's no evidence... Because there's that, no way to, like, disprove it either. Yeah, well, there's... There's no way to even, like, the the weapon that they're describing, there's no way of proving it even fucking exists. The, yeah. Like, or how it could even exist. It's it's just, it's the perfect fucking yeah. CIA thing. It's like, uh, yeah, there's, uh, someone's got magical, like, fucking ray guns that they're shooting at our guys. Anyway, can we have... It makes them dizzy and gives them headaches. <laughs> yeah, it makes the, yeah. It has the same effects as, like, alcohol and a bad night's sleep. And yeah, one of the first, uh sufferers of Havana syndrome like started reporting his symptoms like the morning after partying with a bunch of Russians in St. Petersburg yeah. and, like just all night just pounding drinks and waking up the next oh, day. I like, feel like shit. Oh god, wait. They must have used some kind of ray gun, gun on in my brain. <laughs> Come on, people. Yeah. Defendant attempts citizens arrest on judge during assault trial. You sir, you're in contempt. No one ever no. thinks of that. You're, you're in under, contempt. You're under arrest. Yeah. Stop resisting. It was a brilliant move, and now that man is free, and the judge is now in prison. The judge is on trial. No, that's not what happened. The man was was tackled by a bailiff and taken back to his cell. Yes. Didn't really work. He arrested so many people on the way back to his cell. You're under arrest. You're under arrest. Bailiff, get those cuffs on yourself. Yeah, some guy's cuffing him, and he's like, you're under arrest. And they're like, oh, jeez. He did it again. you got to cuff me. Yeah. How does he keep getting away with it? Genius. Genius move. We should do something about the citizen's arrest. Yeah. Seems like people are abusing it. Rogue grandma breaks bones on slide after sneaking into water park at 2 a.m. Oh, help. So that, there's a lot to this. This woman, like, she's a grandma. She's like 45 years old. Oh. So, which is, yeah, you can be a grandma at 45. You certainly can. If you had a kid really young and she or he had a, also had a kid really young. Yeah. uh, It works. But uh, yeah, this 45-year-old grandma in the UK her and some, I'm a hot grandma. Sir, her and uh, her boyfriend, I guess, they, they broke into a water park in the middle of the night to go swim around. And they're like, let's go on some slides. And they went down the big slide. They got it wet first, made it perfectly safe. Uh, the guy got naked for some reason. They went mm, down the slide not? and, um, you know, high speeds going like 40 miles an hour. They get to the bottom and there is a steel barrier that blocks the, it at the mouth Ooh. of the slide. And both of them go into it feet first and just absolutely shatter their like feet and their lower legs. Uh, the guy apparently got a compound fracture with like, oh, his God. tibia sticking out and they were stuck in there 
like just bleeding out with their legs completely shattered for like four hours. Just like, help, help. I'm an old lady. And now. Now she's gonna look even more like a grandma. Yeah, well, they're, it's, they're both in wheelchairs yeah. and they're threatening They're threatening to sue the water park. Of course like, they are. Well, they should have put the steel barrier at the top of the slide. Uh, what were they thinking? Yeah, I mean, maybe both. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have a case, but this is their own damn fault. Yes, of course it is. And uh, you shouldn't feel bad for them. They did no. this themselves. How, how could you charge me? An elderly old woman. A grandma. grandma. Just a little old granny. Anyways, um, sounds like justice was served unintentionally, but uh, yeah, I hope, I, I can't imagine the lawsuit going their way. Yeah, this is, this is an L that you take quietly, I think. Yeah, it's an embarrassing L. Kickstarter launched for the fart pedal, a guitar pedal that turns your tone into fart noises. That's pretty much what it is. I was I, I saw this and I got excited. I was it's like, like I, something they would sell at Spencer's. Yeah, so I was I was hoping that it would be like it would just be like a timbre thing, like you would you your notes would be preserved and it would mm. just be like like musical farts, but it's uh, it's it sounds it's just like one note. It's just like a sound bank of like fifty different fart noises that somehow like responds to some sort of the pitch or something? noise gate or something. So like when you play, it plays fart sounds, but it doesn't correspond to like what That's you're playing. Stupid. At all. Yeah, it's literally something they would sell at Spencer's. Yeah, it's it's uh it's disappointing. I you know I I hope he he de- develops it further and makes like the fart pedal two that is more like <laughs> musical. Yeah. But still just as, as wet and uh, loud. But, um, yeah. I don't know who would use this other than literally someone pranking someone by yeah, hooking it up to their, like, board of pedals. Yeah. So they, they sell it, and it comes with... Uh, I mean, the, the actual pedal design is hilarious, but it comes with, uh, like, magnetic uh, pedal covers that make it look like, like just a standard like yeah. distortion or reverb pedal. So you, mm-hmm. you put one of those on and you put it on your board like, oh, you should try that one. Oh. Uh-oh, what happened? Can yeah. you imagine like a guitar tech? Yeah, it's a fart Like pedal. Like working for like a huge <laughs> band. You do that like to prank them. What the fuck? It's like 50,000 fans. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, the, uh, the demo video for this shit is it's very funny. It seems like... like <laughs> It doesn't seem like a very universally y- usable device. No, it's it, there's no purpose for this at all. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the demo video is funny. Actually, the funniest video is uh, the guy who made it sent it to a reviewer with, like, all the labeling taken off. Mm. It's a mystery pedal. So the reviewer spends, like, the first two minutes of the video just describing it and, like, looking at the design of it and then, like, plugs it in. He's like, all right, let's try it out. <laughs> I mean, it's it funny. On. It's it was, funny. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But, right. Yeah, if you buy this, you're, you're <laughs> Woman fed bears 180 eggs a week, and now she'll pay for it, Canadian officials said. Why, are they going to make her sit in a room and smell the bear's farts? That would probably be more fair, because they're charging her like $60,000. Oh, geez. They're handing her the largest fine ever. Well, for, uh, yeah, because this comes down to, like, you're feeding wildlife, which makes it rely on other humans and come around humans more, the, which is actually very dangerous. Yeah, so she's been going to the grocery store and spending, like, this bringing back a truckload of food specifically for bears. Mm-hmm. And they've had to euthanize, like, several bears in her neighborhood. Like, her neighborhood's been overrun by yeah, bears all for those years. Eggs. And, they, yeah, so they've had to, like, kill some of these bears because they're just, like, they keep coming back. Like, this is a danger. And then they finally figured out, it's like, oh, yeah, that was me. I was just, uh, 
you know. <laughs> but you wouldn't charge a grandma, would you? <laughs> well, just a 25-year-old grandma <laughs> feeding these uh, feeding these bears all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, so while it's funny to think about bear farts, this is very bad for the bears. It's not good for the bears. Especially you, in Canada. You don't want bears in your neighborhood. It's not a good mix. <laughs> is that bear fat or just chonky? Lasers may help scientists find out. Well, bears just got big bones. That's a chonky bear. Thank yes. you, CNN, for using chonky yeah. in a headline. It's like when you see the tweets of like whenever New York Times uses a word for the first time. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. But, like uh, uh, chunky. This fat yeah. bear thing, I, I do love it every year because it's... Uh, these grizzly bears, they gotta, they gotta fatten up before the winter. Yeah. So you see them in the spring, and they're like, they're cut. Yeah. They almost look like dogs, and you see them like just before hibernation. They're Big, thick fucking boys. obese. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. Good for them. Uh, so yeah, every year the, the, the park up in Alaska, they have Fat Bear Week, where they let people vote on which bear gained the most. So the Gay Pride Festival. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they apparently now the scientists studying these bears. They, they figured out how to use LiDAR to, like, uh, capture the bears and actually get, like, a 3D model of the bears so they can... <laughs> that thing's a walking stick of butter. They can more accurately, uh, like, calculate the bear's weight instead yeah. of just sort of eyeballing it. Yeah, you cut them open and count the rings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thick boy. So, uh, yeah. Ugh. We're going to make the rich pay, Joe Manson tells protesters from his yacht. This fucking guy. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's... It, not as bad as Kristen Cinema, who uh, is basically a fugitive, just refuses <laughs> refuses to talk to her constituents yeah, yeah, under yeah. any circumstances for the last three years. Joe Manchin can be reached via kayak. Yeah, this Joe Manchin it has made himself available on his yacht, <laughs> where uh, if you would like to talk to the senator you, and you have your own means of conveyance, you can kayak over to him and shout up at him, and he'll be like, hell yeah, I agree with you, we should make the rich pay. And then... Off and there's, again. like, the excuse, like, oh, he lives on it, but it's like, okay, but that's not his only house. He it's has, like, not. three other houses. It's a $700,000, like, I guess it's technically a houseboat, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it is It is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, these two fucking, just the two worst people in the world, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, just holding this whole thing up. And it would be one thing if they had, like, principles behind it, if you could say, like, okay, what do you disagree about? Like, what... What are your reasons for opposing this? What would you like to change? And they're just like, ah, make it cheaper. Yeah. Manchin literally came out. He's like, uh, so you got like three things on here. Just pick pick one or two of them, but not three. Yeah. So it's like, it's not principled at all. He's just... Uh, Trying to make it difficult on purpose. Yeah. Yes. And and, and meanwhile, Kristen Cinema, just an enigma. He can't even... So why are you opposed to this? <laughs> Throw the Bye. smoke bomb and just disappears. See ya. I, they, she should get bullied every day for the rest of her political career. <laughs> Just follow her around. Yeah. Stick the microphone under the bathroom stall. <laughs> Ma'am, please explain yourself. Yeah. Anyways, uh, didn't someone get stuck in a bathroom with her when she was trying to run and hide from, like, questions? No, but people followed her into the bathroom yeah, okay. when she tried to run away. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, we're following politicians in the bathroom? I'm like, maybe if she held, like, a town hall or, like, anything. anything yeah. Like, she doesn't even... She doesn't even return phone calls to her office. Like she and she just fucks off. She did a an internship at a vineyard like three weeks ago while this budget shit was. She clearly doesn't want to be involved anymore. Yeah, she's just like waiting for time. to And run she's out. also like, there's people have dug up interviews with her from like ten years ago, not that long ago, where she's espousing some pretty far left views about like how uh, you know medicine and taxing the rich and all this other stuff. Like far, drug prices should be lower, drug and all this stuff, and. Uh, and now suddenly, now that she's getting money from the pharmaceutical industry, uh, she's opposed to, you know, bills that would 
affect that stuff in some way, and yet she she's refuses to explain her change of heart. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out one day when she doesn't give a fuck anymore and is literally just running a winery in Arizona. Yeah. So The manic pixie senator winery. <laughs> uh, that's it for this week's episode of Weekly Weird News. Stay tuned for more, of course, next week. And if you've missed any of our episodes, they're right up over here. we got a new episode of News Them that talks about the Twitch leak. And uh, last week was a big tech week. So check out both of those episodes. Uh, like, I almost said favorite, like it's fucking 10 years ago. Like, subscribe, Share, comment, uh, do all that. Post and, this uh, to dig. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.